Amen. Would you stand and worship the Lord with us this morning? I came, I came to lift you up in the sanctuary. I came to lift you up, give you all the praise. I came to lift you up, give you all the glory. I came, I came, I came, I came to lift you up. I came, I came to lift you up in the sanctuary. I came to lift you up to give you all the praise. I came to lift you up. Well, good morning, everyone. Awesome, awesome. It sounds like you're all here, bright-eyed, ready to have church. It's going to be a wonderful day here at Stratford Heights all day long. We want to make one special announcement before we get out and greet one another, and that is, is that our encounter is coming up, our men's and women's encounter. This is a wonderful time. I basically say it this way. It's like a weekend where you and Jesus get away and spend the whole weekend together. And God does wonderful things through, through service and through a, a seminar type of atmosphere. And it's beautiful. It's church, 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 church. And it's just a wonderful weekend. I would recommend that you go. And uh, if you have any further questions, you can ask me. You can ask Christian Mays, uh, any of our leadership from the encounter. It's going to be a wonderful time. The, the ladies' encounter is coming up this next weekend. Then the following weekend is a men's encounter. And uh, it's going to be a wonderful time. Tonight, we are having a uh, spaghetti dinner as a fundraiser tonight after the service. It costs us $5. You get a breadstick, spaghetti, a drink, and it's going to be a wonderful time of fellowship right after the service. So you'll want to be here and be a part of that. $5 is the cost fundraiser going to encounter, and we just want to bless them. With that being said, we're going to get out in the aisles right now and welcome each other to church. We're going to celebrate, jump up and down, have a great time. Amen. Love you all. Let's go. 
sing that chorus again. worship him spirit and truth this morning before we go into communion as you hold the elements in your hand would you just dedicate yourself would you just evaluate your own standing before God can you praise him can you honor him and thank him for the blessings that have come into your life the Bible is so clear to point out that when we take this beautiful sacrament before God and worship that we do it with an examined heart. Would you take just a few moments to do that with me? Amen. Lord, we honor you this morning now as a congregation. and We come before you in this beautiful sacrament of the Last Supper. We remember. We remember what you did at Calvary's cross as we've come through the, the Easter weekend. And Lord, we're so blessed to see so many folks who made decision to follow you and to accept you as their Lord and Savior. We thank you, Lord, for all that we saw and all that we experienced. But Lord, here it is a week later, and we want you to know that we still remember we honor you and we thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for what you've given and what you've done for us in sacrifice at Calvary's cross. We bless your name this morning and we honor you in communion. Scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24, where Paul was writing and he said, The Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said... Take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. He said, this do in remembrance of me. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We thank you, Lord, for giving yourself coming the incarnate, the son of man, son of God. Thank you for your sacrifice, living that sinless life in the flesh that you might conquer sin in the flesh for us. We honor you this morning. After the same manner, he took the cup. When he had supped, he said, 
This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you just show the Lord's death till he come. Amen. Can you say amen with me? Amen. And I exalt you. I exalt you. There is nothing, there is nothing like you, Lord. I exalt thee, Lord. I exalt thee.
That's why I exalt the Lord. It's not because of anything that you have done, Lord. <laughs> Just because you're Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. Oh, Lord, we praise you this morning. I exalt thee. I exalt the Lord. I exalt thee. I exalt thee. I exalt thee. such a sweet presence in this place this morning. His presence is here. and We're going to go to him now in prayer. So let's bow our heads and reverently go to him in prayer this morning. Father, we're so thankful that you would visit us this morning. Lord, that you would be here amongst us. And our desire to please you, Father, out of our desire to be obedient. In accordance with your word, we join together to pray for the nation of Israel. Lord, we lift your people up, people that are surrounded by enemies on all sides. Lord, we don't know what it's like to live in that atmosphere. Lord, but we can pray for them. We lift them up. We lift every leader, every mother, father, child, every soldier. Lord, ask that you would bless them. We pray for their peace, for their prosperity. Lord, most of all, we ask that your will would be done in these difficult times as they stand up for you. Lord, in the same atmosphere of reverence and desire to please you and to live in obedience, and with the help of our ushers this morning, we obediently come to you this morning with our offering. Lord, we also support the work that you're doing here in this field. We thank you that you would use us in this time to reach the lost. We thank you for every person from those that get up at the wee hours of the morning and kneel by the side of their bed and pray to every minister and servant that serves here, to every musician and pastor. Lord, we're all a body that works together in harmony where your hands extended in this time here in Middletown. Lord, we thank you for the privilege to serve you. Lord, we ask that you would give us the strength and the wisdom. Lord, that you would guide us so that we would be examples of your love and of your son in these difficult times. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we just desire to do your will and to please you. Lord, have your way with us among, amongst us today, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.
God's amazing grace. It's His unending love. God's amazing grace. We pray to God. Amazing grace. turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 4, verses 7 through 13, we're going to read this morning. The title of this message this morning, Unstoppable Force. Probably going to preach several weeks on this subject. Unstoppable Force. You know, I was asking the Lord, you know, Lord, what is it that makes the difference? What is it that takes us from religion? to being unstoppable, to being the victorious overcomers that we're called to be. What is it that takes us over the top? And I've been asking that for myself as a pastor, as as a Christian. I want to know, Sister Darlene, I want to know what is it that causes me to be victorious and an overcomer? I know I've got it all figured out in my head sometimes, but I want God to show me What makes me, not me and myself, but what makes me as a Christian unstoppable for the kingdom? And we're going to talk about that this morning. I want you to open your Bible, of course, if you've got an iPhone, an iPad, an app, 
Bible. If you still use parchment paper or scroll, that's fine. Just open it to Acts chapter 4. I'm going to read right here at Acts chapter 4, verse 7. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? If you go back and read, they had just healed the man at the gate called Beautiful. And he was just going around making it clear that he was transformed and been healed. And people were asking all kinds of questions and chaos had ensued in the temple. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well? Let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God then raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. And then listen how bold he is in verse 12. Nor is there any, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, I threw in the word there in my Bible, I wrote unstoppable, and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Father, we ask your blessings on the word of God. I pray that my focus, my words will get out of the way and your will and purpose will be accomplished in the next few moments this morning. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Now, before I really get into the message this morning, I just got to take a moment and congratulate Cameron Jones, our, our youth pastor, and all of the young people that went to Columbus yesterday. I don't know if you were on Facebook at all, but um, you should, if, you, if you even have a Facebook account, it, the feed was burning up yesterday. Our young people going up against the state, going to state competition against 241 churches in the Church of God, our young people came home yesterday with seven first-place trophies. And three that were second place, runners-up. So that gave us ten trophies on that bus on the way home. You ought to see the faces of those young people. They were so excited, taking pictures left and right. We were stealing trophies. I, was, I even stole one for a little while trying to hide it. I wanted to take it home, put it on my fireplace. But uh, somehow I think they all, got, they all got displayed in the right place. They'll be here this morning at 1040 service in our, our youth ensemble that is going to national competition. All of the first place winners will now go to Cleveland, Tennessee in August for the national competition, international competition, and there they will go up against the whole world. So they beat the state of Ohio. They did well there. Now they're going to go up against the whole world. I think our young people will do just fine, don't you? So proud of them and so excited for them. Amen. Cameron, thank you for the leadership and for loving our kids. We love you very much this morning. 
Also, I, I want to announce, I wanted to announce this, two things. One is that we're going to be, in the month of May, you've got a month to plan this, May 17th through the 21st, Brother Lane Sargent will be with us in revival here at Stratford Heights. He and Sister Sargent will be coming and ministering uh, from Sunday through Thursday night. They're going to they're going to, their big finale is going to be at Esperanza on Sun, on Thursday night. So we'll all be together from the 17th through the 21st. Also, would like you to know something. Uh, Sister Amelia Little and a band of wonderful ladies filled with the Holy Spirit themselves have started a brand new ministry outreach here at the church. Now, prayer is not brand new, but this intercessory prayer group is. And they are meeting. Sunday mornings from 7 to 8 o'clock. Next Sunday morning, you can meet them right here in this sanctuary where they will be praying from 7 to 8 o'clock. They'll be praying for the church, for pastors, for families, for needs, for our church, and for the world, our missionaries. They'll be praying for all of that in what we are terming an intercessory group, meaning they're here to do business in the Spirit. How many of you know the difference between now I lay me down to sleep and intercessory prayer? They're going to be praying for, for folks and being led of the Spirit in doing that. So they want you to know you're welcome to come and join them. So those ladies will be here. And gentlemen, you're allowed. You know, we'll, you just find you a place to pray. And everyone will be here. And, uh, and you just come and feel comfortable to help them. And I, I think it's a beautiful thing. Boy, I want this church filled with prayer. I asked Loren Livingston. I had him in my car. And, and he is just one of my heroes in the ministry. And I picked him up at the airport and had, had him captive for a couple of days as I was his driver. And as you know, he pastors a very large church in North Carolina, 8,000 members. And, uh, and I said, Brother Loran, what, what is the key to growing a church that big, that huge for the Lord? And he looked at me and didn't hesitate a moment. And he said, you teach your people to pray. You teach them to pray and then pray more and pray as much as they can and pray until it hurts. You teach them to pray every day, all the time. He said, that's how you'll grow a church. And I said, no one, two, three steps, no four keys, prayer. He said, prayer will build your church. And you know what? I got out of that car that day and I said, amen. I believe that. And so I'm thankful, ladies, that you'll be helping us in the ministry here in our community and then also our families come and join them seven o'clock to eight o'clock every sunday morning as i read the scripture for you today i'm reminded as, as i told you the topic that i was looking speaking on was unstoppable force how do we become an unstoppable force you know me well enough to know i've preached it so much that you know i don't like religious stuff i don't like religion in and of itself because religion really takes away from what I consider to be the relationship we should have with Christ. Sometimes religion gets in the way of the work of Christ. How many of you would say amen to that? It does. Well, think about it for a moment. You've heard it before, but it was religious folks that put Jesus on the cross. They're the ones who, who had him beaten. They're the ones who, who, the whole passion story is centered around the religious folks not happy. What is it that makes the difference? What is it that takes you from being someone who fulfills an obligation and ritualistic sacrament? What, what is it that takes you beyond that into a relationship with Jesus to where you can be called 
on, at a moment's notice and you immediately can go to prayer, not having to go and, and work through a religious feeling or religious attitudes and even worldly attitudes? What is it that makes you unstoppable in being a force for the kingdom? We just came through March Madness and the brackets and the sports teams and it all came down to Duke against Wisconsin and that was a unbelievable game I, I literally had high blood pressure the entire evening I was up more than I was down I was yelling at my TV and suddenly realizing I needed to get a grip on myself but Duke came around to win at the end but we thought the whole time man I, as I was sitting there it was like who's gonna win you had no idea from one period to the next it just seemed like the clock you're just watching the clock as soon as Duke would get a little ahead Wisconsin would come and blow them out and pass them up and then you'd wait and then all of a sudden eight points come on the, the scoreboard for, the, for Duke and they're, they're up shining and it was down to the last second. This, these two teams were unstoppable. We've just come through a tremendous season for our own coach Brian Bales here at our church. We love him and, and his work at the Franklin High School where the basketball team there has, has went. Just had a tremendous record this year going up against state semifinals and getting all the way to the semifinals. They have seemed unstoppable. It seemed like every time you showed up at a game, you were blown away by how they just were just taking the whole thing by storm. I mean, I, another place where I about had to have a doctor's prescription for the, for the anxiety and the nerves. I was just, I, and, and at UD Arena that day when, when they were kind of stopped, that last day I s sat there and stood there and for 15 minutes and just stared at the ceiling. God was just like, don't ask me about nothing right now. But I was just I'm blown away by their record and how wonderful they did and the champions on that team, not just one, as good as Luke Kennard is, that young man, beautiful, beautiful uh, calling on his life and power, supernatural talent in his life. Man, all the others, Evan Crow, who goes here to our church, and several of the other guys, Matt Thompson, those players were amazing. They, they seemed unstoppable. In the business world, whether you like them or don't like them, and sometimes I don't like them, and right now I don't like them, but Apple, they're unstoppable. I mean, these people, they're ridiculous. I mean, they come out with stuff every September showing us something brand new we've never thought of or seen before, and I can't count how many times they've displayed the brand new thing, and I've said, oh, that'll never, that, that ain't going to work. And sure enough, people are lined up, back-ordered for months, trying to get it. They are unstoppable. As a matter of fact, they're so unstoppable, they took something that had already been invented, and they reinvented it again, and it's on back order, and the whole world's going crazy. Now, teenagers want nothing but an Apple Watch. I mean, no one but Apple could recreate and reinvent a watch, and it go over like it never was before. These people are unstoppable. Taylor Swift, every time you hear her on the radio, she's just surpassing herself. Every song, she's the only artist they've said in history that literally replaced herself at number one with her own song. She's unstoppable. She could sing Happy Birthday and it'll go to number one. This woman is unstoppable. But we know the truth. The truth is, the truth is that these, all of these folks are stoppable. Franklin ended their season. Apple, the, the president and CEO, he passed away. Taylor Swift will one day get old. But we look at these things and we, 
we know their season will come to an end. They are stoppable. Elvis was called king of rock and roll, but that ended in 1977. Michael Jackson then became king of pop, and with all of his troubles, that ended for him in 2009. Coach Wooden still reigns and will always reign as one of the greatest coaches that ever lived, but his influence, his daily influence was stopped in 2010. Unstoppable? Not hardly. They were stoppable. But there is one source. This morning I'm thrilled to announce to you and to let you know there is one unstoppable force in the universe. And that's what I want to talk about because that's where we're connected. That's what causes us to be more than we are. And we're to step up and into this unstoppable place of power because the only unstoppable force in the entire universe is God. God is unstoppable. His church, His people, unstoppable. You're unstoppable, Sally. We may be living like we feel like we are stoppable. We may be living much less than we're called to. But I'm here to tell you today, if you're a child of God, you are connected. You are literally infused with the power in the universe that is unstoppable. And I want to talk about how we can tap into and be a part of that unstoppable force in the kingdom of God. He means for us to be successful. He means for us to have a plan. He means for us to be victorious. He means for us to be a soul-saving station. There is not a church on the earth that was designed or built to sit in its four walls and just do nothing but make each other happy with songs all day long or cute little sermons. We are called to preach the gospel and to be a light to the universe. We're called to be God's headquarters. And we have many headquarters around, and there are wonderful, good churches and places of worship this morning that have been meeting. But my prayer as pastor of this church is that we'll be one of them. And if people are looking to find God, they'll find Him here. The Spirit of the Lord, that they won't find celebrities and people who are up putting on a show. They'll find that Jesus lives here. He lives in our praise. He lives in His Word. He is here to disciple and change people. I saw the young people yesterday, and I, my heart was just blown away by, by all of them. And there was a bunch of them. Man, we had the biggest, largest group. I'm just bragging now for a minute. Cam, we, we had the biggest, baddest group you ever saw. I mean, we took up half the church. It was amazing. And I was so proud of them. But I watched them as one of the young people who was getting ready to perform at the state level, going for the national competition. And he literally was so sick, he couldn't hardly move. He was doubled up in the floor, and tears were dripping down this young teenager's face. And tell me, these guys don't cry in front of their girls. But this guy was sick. And I watched as all of our teenagers, all of our young people gathered around him, laid their hands on him and prayed over him. The number one concern for them was not how do I look, it was how's Kyle. And I watched them as they nurtured him and took care of him and everyone was trying to give him stuff. I mean, he was trying, they were throwing halls at him and sucrets and everything else in the sun to try to get him to feel better. They cared about him and I looked and I watched and I was proud. I was proud of that, that beauty and that force that I saw working within their lives touched my heart. The unity that I saw touched my heart. The, the enemy wants so bad to destroy that, not only in them, but in our church. 
wants to rip, roar, and tear down and cause people to be angry with one another and bring dissension and trouble. He wants to put things in your mind. That's why I always say, man, tell people how you feel about them. Tell people what you think about them because if you don't, the enemy's real good about whispering in their ears about what you think. And he'll make it up. He'll make it up. Can't count how many times I've talked to someone and they said, well, I, I just, I thought you felt this way. I mean, I just thought that's what you felt about me. And I was like, no, what? I didn't feel that way at all. Who told you that? Well, it was just a thought in my mind. Boy, the enemy is like a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. There's got to be an unstoppable force working inside of us that takes us out of those beggarly, human, fleshly elements and takes us into the heavenlies where we're whispered to by God whispered to by his spirit. What are the things that make us unstoppable in the seven minutes I have? What are the things that make us unstoppable? Well, starting with page five, and I've got, only got 17 type pages. Let's see how fast we can look at that. What's the first thing? Well, if you look at that scripture, it starts right off telling us exactly what the first thing is. Verse 8, look at the scripture. Acts chapter 4, verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them. Now this is Peter. Peter who ran. Peter who denied Christ three times. Peter who cut off the ear of the soldier. Peter, brash Peter. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel. So let me tell you what the number one thing, the number one key is to being an unstoppable force for the Lord. It's really quite simple. Then Peter, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Connie, we need to be filled with the Spirit of God. We need to be filled with the Spirit of God. The Bible says they were filled. Peter and John we're able to see miracles, mighty works unfold. Now, let, let's recap a little bit on Acts. If you look at ch- Acts chapter 1, the Jesus goes up. I mean, all the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they tell, tell the story of Jesus. But you hit, as soon as you hit chapter 1 in Acts, Jesus goes up. Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit comes down. When the Holy Spirit comes down, Acts 1 and 2 is fulfilled where he said, But ye shall receive power unstoppable force but you shall receive power after that the holy spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me in the world chapter three what happens well peter and john start moving in the miraculous they start moving in this power you see they come by the the gate called beautiful and they see a young man sitting there and he's calling out for alms and asking for money and they looked at him and they said silver and gold I don't have but what I do have this I give to you rise up and walk in the name of Jesus Christ boy he had a they had much better gift to give him didn't they much better gift and boy that was where Acts chapter 4 is Acts, or Acts chapter 3 they're doing the miraculous they're they're it's spreading abroad. Everyone's talking about the fact that Jesus is gone, but the Holy Spirit came down, and now all these disciples of Christ have come out of the woodwork, and they're doing all kinds of miraculous, wonderful, supernatural things. So, of course, what does 
what does the Pharisees, the elders, what do those people do now? I mean, they thought Jesus was a problem. Now they've got that multiplied by 12. They arrest him. They arrest him. And when they arrest him, here they are, Peter and John, sitting in jail, and you know they've got to be asking the questions. What are we doing? What is happening? I mean, think about it for a minute. I mean, the Messiah came, but he died. He, he rose, but he left. And here we are now. We gotta look. We're going to have suffering. We're going to have jail. We're going to have all this. Is this worth it? Is this, is this who we are? But boy, their story wasn't about to end right there. There was something else burning down inside of them. There was something that was looking at their negative circumstances and saying, I'm not, I'm not going to look at those things. I'm not going to follow after those things. Both of them made a bold and brash and beautiful decision. Then Peter filled with the Holy Ghost because they asked him, by whose authority do you do these miraculous things? How is this man healed? Peter, the unstoppable force working inside of him, facing terrible situations. We all are there sometimes. We all face them. Facing sickness, facing jail time, facing persecution and false accusation, facing the trials and the troubles of life. The Bible says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, For we, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means has he been made well? Let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, by the way, who you crucified, whom God then raised from the dead, by this man, this man stands now whole before you. They were bold and brass. They were, they were filled with courage. It was amazing and beautiful to see that kind of, that's beautiful, perfect, perfect response. And that was what was showing us that there's a, a force that's at work in us. They didn't care about their circumstances. They didn't even care that Jesus had left. They didn't care about what they were facing, that they were in jail, that their accusers were standing before them now, giving them a way out, deny once again, deny, and we'll let you go. But here they are. And they said, no, by the way, you crucified him. God raised him. And now by that same Lord, this man stands whole. In other words, he was saying, we're unstoppable, baby. We're unstoppable. There is no stopping this force at work. There's no stopping what God will do in the earth. Peter was literally making an announcement that says, keep up your intercessory prayer. Keep up your ministry to the, to the people. Keep loving young people and keep loving people, trusting and knowing that that unstoppable force that anointed and raised up in Peter that afternoon, that same force is alive and working in the church this morning. We are not just a social club. We're not a country club for folks to sit around and make dinner plans with. We are the church of the living God. We belong to the powerful headquarters of God who, who controls the entire universe. And you and I are part of his work together in the earth. And that work, that work is unstoppable. So the first thing we know is we've got to be filled with the Spirit of God. You cannot be unstoppable in your own. 
on your own power, in your own power and on your own. You can't be unstoppable. It's, it's, it's never going to work. You try to be good enough. You try to read enough scripture. You try to be smart enough. You try to live holy enough. You got the booklet, and you're following the doctrine. You're doing all those things. Let me tell you something. That is going to produce nothing in your life but misery. That's miserable religion. No wonder you don't want to come to church. No wonder you don't want to be here. No wonder you don't like it. I'm telling you, you're just doing it because you want to go to heaven. I just like them enough to get into heaven, but I don't love them. I mean, that mentality, I've heard that so many times. I I, I heard someone say that one time. Well, you know, I, I, I love them, but I don't like them. It's like, Lord, why don't you pray for them until you like them? Pray for them until you can't handle the overwhelming emotion inside of you. Because when you love them enough to get into heaven, but you don't like them, what you're saying is that you're a stoppable force. Be unstoppable. Let the love of God lead you. That while they were yet sinners, Christ died. While they yet were lost in rebellion and disobedience and turned against the laws and the principles of God, denied Christ, crucified him, screamed for his death. Yet Jesus, from the cross, have you hung there? From the cross, he looks down on all of his killers. Forgive them. But they don't know what they're doing. Wow. Unstoppable. Unstoppable. I don't want to move in my own attitude. I don't want to move in my own power. I don't want to move in my own ways. I want to move in the spirit of God. I want to be filled with the spirit of God. Now, we're church of God. We're a Pentecostal faith. Our declaration of faith says that we believe in justification, regeneration, and the new birth as wrought by faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. We believe in sanctification subsequent to the new birth through faith in the blood of Christ, through the word of God, and by the Holy Ghost. We believe in holiness to be God's standard of living for his people. And we believe in the baptism with the Holy Ghost subsequent to a clean heart. We believe in speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gives utterance and that it is the initial evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're Pentecostal. We believe in the manifestation of the infilling of God's Holy Spirit. We know that no one is ever saved without the work of the Spirit. The Bible says no man comes to the Father except the Spirit draws him. The Holy Spirit draws a man or a woman to Christ. They find him in repentance. They find him there in salvation. And then they're baptized. We believe in baptizing. And we, we get up there and we fill that tank and we dunk them head to toe. We believe every old man ought to go down and the new man ought to come up. Say amen. We believe in the power of God to transform us in obedience to God's word. We follow him in baptism. And we then believe that there is a work of sanctification that begins working in our lives. That powerful, unstoppable force begins taking hold of us. And the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in baptism brings us to that place where the attributes of God's gifts are now working through us. And we are literally an unstoppable force along with the power of God in the earth. 
This is how we become powerful agents for God. Not in my own power, but in the power of the Spirit. What's number two? And I am already three minutes over, so let's go really quickly. Number two, you step up. You step up, you become bold and courageous, and you wear a bow tie on a Sunday morning. You know, I walked, I, I got out of my car, and I, I was like, oh, well, here it goes. I'm going to do it. I'm going to walk in there. Of course, I have five sisters. I sent a picture of the bow tie and the suit to my sisters, and I said, okay, everybody, on, off. Tell me before I go, because I'm fixing to get in the car. And all of them were like, chiming in. Okay, go. It's good. It's good. It's good. All right, like, okay. Stepping into my uncomfortable zone, stepping out here on a limb, being bold and courageous. I'm telling you, when you're filled with the Spirit of God spiritually, you become bold. You, be, you don't follow the crowd. You don't follow the conversation happening down at the restaurant. You don't just clump yourself together with the folks who agree with you all the time. You literally put yourself in that place of boldness and courage so that you stand flat-footed against any foe that will stand against the power or the thoughts of God Almighty. When you stand with God, you step up. Acts 4 and 12, what did, what did Peter say that was him stepping up in boldness? He said, nor is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Boy, Peter was being bold. You do realize Christianity was new. You do realize that it wasn't an old classic. There wasn't amazing grace to sing at the services that day. They literally had no written words. They only had some parchment and some scroll from the past. And they had a couple of letters that somebody wrote in a prison cell. But they didn't have the things you and I have today. They didn't have any of that. But Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, dared, dared was bold enough and courageous enough to stand up and look at the very ones who accused and killed the Savior and had arrested him. And he said, by no other name, Jesus. We have the same problem today. We have the same, it's, it's as bad today as it would have been then. Everybody wants to coexist. Everybody wants to accept everybody's God. It's not very PC. It's not very, it doesn't follow any kind of protocol. It's not going to be welcomed anymore at the national prayer breakfast. But hear me and hear me loud before I get arrested. Jesus Christ, the one and only way to God and to heaven. He is the Savior and the Son of God. And above him, there is no other. His name is Jesus and he is the only Savior. By no other name can you enter in. Peter was bold, bold. He stood against his very accusers and said, the Holy Spirit filled inside, filled, just you filled with him from head to toe, you baptized in him, you emboldened by him, you will stand against the very devils of hell. You will proclaim and declare that Jesus Christ is your Lord. And you'll tell folks the truth, whether they want to hear it or not. Churches will be packed this morning with people that have watered it down and softened it up and, and made it cute and put a whole bunch of sugar on it and made it palatable so everybody can have a nice little meal and still feel like they're going to heaven. But as I preached the last couple of weeks on Easter, the cross is offensive. The preaching of the cross is an offense. 
because it takes us down and it causes us to understand we must die also. We must die also. What's number three in closing? Would you stand? Acts 4 and 13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. What makes us unstoppable? Number one, be filled with the Spirit of God. Number two, know that people filled with the Spirit of God are not afraid to stand bold and courageous, put themselves in uncomfortable situations in order to proclaim the truth. And number three, they spend time with Jesus. What does your week look like? How much time do you spend with the Lord? Preachers were real good, and I think I was even guilty about it. I said, you know, just... Just pick up your Bible, Bible and read, read five minutes. Just, just give God five minutes. Just say a quick prayer on the way out the door. It, it'll change your day. A lot of preachers have preached that. Maybe you've lived by that, and all you've ever given God is five minutes a day because the preacher told you it was okay. Sometimes, Rob, I think Christians spend more time on social media than they do in their Bibles or in prayer time. And social media is fine. It's fun. It can be great. It can be bad. Don't get me started. But it can be a good thing. But I think sometimes the devil loves it more than we do. Because it becomes a number one distraction for Christians to keep them away from their relationship with God. Spend time with Jesus. They marveled. They looked at these men and they said, man, What is it about them? They have been with Jesus. Being with Jesus. Spending time with Jesus. Spending time in his word. Spending time in prayer. If I didn't pray over this service this morning, if I didn't get in that place where I prepare myself and get myself ready to preach to you, I haven't got a word to say to you that will inspire you or help you in any way. I've got to get in my prayer closet and I've got to get in a place where I empty myself so that I can step up here and preach what will build you up in the faith. Can't do that on my own. I need the Spirit of God and I need to spend time with the Lord. You find yourself in troubles. You find yourself in trials. You find yourself vexed all the time. You find yourself in one persecution after another. You feel like you're constantly stressed out. Listen, how much time are you spending with Jesus? How much time? Honest, come on. Tear down the wall. How much time are you spending? I would say your time equals your quality of Christian life. It equals your quality of Christian life. To be an unstoppable force, it's the same as it's always been. It's the basics. This may be one of the simplest messages you ever heard, but it will be powerful and it will change your whole life. Because you see, I'm not interested in changing your day. I've decided changing our day. We've got to want more than that. When you're an unstoppable force, Jeanette, you don't just change the day. 
I just, just have a good day. No, I, that's good. We ought to have good days. Tell people to have a good day. But we ought to have a desire burning in our heart for our lives to be changed. For us to affect change in our neighbors, in our co-workers, our family, our wife, our husband. We need to be so unstoppable in the work that we do for God that we, we can see changes in others' lives besides our own. I appeal to you this morning to hunger and desire to be an unstoppable force. It's going to take time, sacrifice, and an encounter with the Lord to let him bless you and touch you. Champions are never made in a day. It takes time. Spend time with the Lord. Be filled with the Spirit of God. And don't be afraid to be bold and step out. Let these forces be at work in your heart. And watch how it transforms and changes those around you. With every head bowed and every eye closed this morning, I want to give you an opportunity. If you're here today, I know this is the early service. And, and I know folks that come out at 8.30, you already got a passion and desire for the Lord most of the time. Every now and again, someone will slip in this early service and they don't know Jesus. If you're here today and you need Christ in your heart and life, I want to give you the opportunity for you and him to make things right. The Bible says if a man believes in his heart, confesses with his mouth that Jesus is the Son of God, he'll be saved. That Jesus is Lord. If you're here today and you need Christ, I want to give you first in this prayer an opportunity to receive him. Are you here today? If you are, would you slip up your hand and write back down? We're going to pray for you today. Yes, Pastor, I want to pray. I want to receive Jesus today. Anyone at all? Christians are praying in the house. All right. I'm going to assume that you know where you are with the Lord. But let's pray now. Let's pray for us, for each one of us. God, make me an unstoppable force. Lord, make me hunger and desire more of you than I've ever had before. God, I'll get out of half my troubles if I'll just become unstoppable. And I can't do that on my own. I must have your spirit. I must have that boldness. I must spend time with you. Help me to change my schedule, change my life. Help me to redirect my own steps. My routine's got to quit. I've got to get in this place where I can sense and feel that awesome power at work in my life. Order my steps to be unstoppable. If that's your heart and your desire this morning before God, would you just slip up your hand with me? Mine's up. I want it. If, if that's you, yes, I want that, Pastor. I want that in my life. God, I'm acknowledging. I want that in my life. Father, we come to you now.